Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 this evening. And if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn that. You know, one thing that happened, you know, when you have screens, it's great. Technology's great. But, you know, some of the, the um, side effect that is that, is that people don't look at their Bibles as much. And um, it's good for you to see it in the Word, see the, what the Scripture says. And, um, you know, one thing with COVID, we were separated and different things, and people are on online and whatever. And so things have changed. Uh, but, you know, we can still look at the Word of God. I encourage you, look at the Bible and what it says. When you hear somebody, I encourage you, when you're listening to a message, now if you're driving or something, don't, don't look at your Bible. I'll look at your phone. But you know, if you're just if you if you are just listening to a message, look at the scriptures in the Bible. It, it'll change when you see it. Sometimes we just we hear it, and it's good to hear it, but it's good to see it as well. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8. And we read this in a different context. I want to uh, read that and, and go a little further, a different way tonight. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 says, For we do not uh, want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a wrath and does deliver us, in whom we trust that we will, He will still deliver us. Now, we read, you know, again, a different context we were reading, but some of these... Um, when he's saying uh, that he was burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life, you know, he's talking about some heavy-duty pressure, saying that, uh, you know, we didn't know if we could make it. We didn't know if we were going to live through it, you know, is the connotation that other uh, versions bring out. And so he's saying then, you look at verse eight, 8 or 9, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Verse 10, who delivered us? from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he still will deliver us. Now, verse 11 is what I want to focus on and go forward uh, in a different direction tonight. I mean, this is separate from things we were talking about. It says, you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on behalf for the gift granted to us through many. So he's talking about this situation where he's being, this is the Apostle Paul uh, writing this. You can just leave this up for a moment. Uh, he's saying that, that they were pushed. They were, they were despairing of life, of life even. They, were, they, were, they don't know if they can even, they're not going to live through what they're going through. So this is something that's really pressing on them. And then he said, you know, we, God, uh, we're looking to God who raises the dead. He delivered us from so great a death, does deliver us. We trust that he will still deliver us. But verse 11 says, you also helping together in prayer for us. That's interesting. Yeah. You helping together in prayer. So he's saying, we're going to go through and thank God God delivers us. And then he says, you're also helping us. You're also helping us. You know, we were talking about always winning. Always that we're going through. But here it's talking about somebody helping you in prayer. Yeah. 
in dealing with some of this stuff. Look at uh, verse 11 in the Young's Little Translation. It says, Ye working together also for us by your supplication. Ye, ye or you working together also for us by your supplication. Supplication is humble, earnest entreaty or request. Supplication means you're praying earnestly, you're praying, praying with fervor. You're entreating or you're requesting, so it's praying on behalf of somebody fervently. And notice it says, you working together also for us by your supplication or by your prayers, you're working with us. And, uh, you know, in the New King James, it says, you helping together. You're helping. In the Amplified Classic, it says, while you also cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us. While you also cooperate. So Paul's, again, Paul's in this situation. He's dealing with some stuff. He's dealing with pressure. And, and he's saying, you also cooperating by your prayers for us. In other words, you're helping to get us through. Helping and laboring together with us. See, that doesn't just, that's not a, uh, you know, something light. Helping and laboring together with us in prayer. Now, we're not talking about works, but we're talking about on behalf of somebody praying and making requests for them, supporting them in prayer. Does that have an impact? Evidently, it does. We're going to look at other verses of Scripture. I mean, we know this, you know, at, a, at some level, of course. Prayer, prayer helps things, but we're just going to look at Scriptures. Sometimes I think we can get the idea as word and faith people believe in. Thank God for the message of faith. Thank God that we know that we can believe God. Thank God that we have the word and we can say we can believe God. Um, and uh, sometimes we can think, but, but, but I'm going to get her done. Well, number one, if it's you getting it done, that's wrong. We're going to trust God, but you got to be careful. You can slip into my faith. Well, yes, we need to believe God. Yes, we need to make it through. Yes, we believe we always win. But there is a prayer element that it, we shouldn't just say that doesn't exist, that, doesn't, that we negate that. We should be praying for one another. We can pray for one another. We can pray for one another, and it is literally support. You know, it's not just religious verbiage. Well, pray for me. Well, you know, you just say some, well, God bless so-and-so. I mean, that. thank God. I mean, that's okay. But it is actually a support. It's spiritually speaking, it, it changes things on the earth and helps us to move forward. You realize we're in this together on the earth. And we are here to, to support one another as the body of Christ. We're here to help. We all have different challenges. We all have different things. We can come together, and it's not, it's not a mark of weakness. We're going to look at a lot of scripture, okay? It's not a mark of weakness for you to say, pray for me in this area. Pray for me. Well, what, your faith isn't working? Is, is Paul's faith working? Okay, just, I mean, we're going to read other verses where he's saying, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Ask, ask yourself the question. I mean, 
is the Apostle Paul, who, who wrote a good deal, was used by God to bring us revelation of God's will and God's word. When he's asking this, is he weak all the time? No. I mean, we can't contradict all these scriptures and be like, well, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, we can let pride get in the way. Well, I don't need help. Well, you don't want to be in unbelief. You don't want to be just doubting and, and not believing the word. But the other hand, we're meant to have a support system of believers that, hey, we'll, we're going to pray together in this thing. What do you need prayer for? Okay, so we're going to pray together, and we're going to believe with you. We're standing with you. We're at your back. Okay, in other words, it's not just you against this problem. We're standing with you and giving spiritual support for it to happen in the real world. Okay, spiritual support to get her done by God's grace and God's power on real situations. Not just, well, we pray, but, you know, we don't ever really see anything. No, we believe God. We pray. We believe that, we believe that our prayers are effectual, that our prayers change things. Because it's, if it's based on God's word, now you don't pray unscripturally. You don't just pray for something, you know, that... You just pick out of the air. No, if God's already given it to you in the word, you know, you don't pray like, you know, you don't pray. Um, be careful. I say this, you know, you, you like faith itself. You don't pray that God would give you faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. What you need is to hear the word of God. Right. Okay. But you can pray that God would help you to see things, which is yeah. why we do that. Yeah. Because faith, the word's coming. And we want our eyes, we want to be receptive to the word so that we can come up, so that we can believe God. But you don't just pray things randomly. We want to pray uh, according to the word of God. But tonight, just had my heart to fly over some of these things. Just look how many times it's in the word. Pray for us. Pray in this situation. Here we see, let's just read it again before we go. Uh, Paul says, while you cooperate, in the Amplified Classic, you cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us. You see that picture. You're praying with us. You're actually cooperating and laboring and helping with. So when you're praying with somebody, you're praying for them, you're actually taking hold in their situation and helping them spiritually to move through it. So when we're dealing with this tough situation, how much nicer is it to know you have prayer, spiritual support to go through. It's not just you. Spiritual support to stay strong, to be on the path of God, to go and do what you need to do, to, to take authority over obstacles that may be there. Helping. Look at Romans, uh, Romans 13, 15. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. He says, I beg you or beseech you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Let's read the rest. We'll come back. That I may be delivered from those in Judea, who do not believe 
that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Notice he says that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. Now notice he says that I may be... He's talking about some of these things. A lot of these things he says has to do with the plan of God and walking out the plan of God and other people trying to oppose the plan of God and putting pressure in, in the apostle. Paul is praying, strive with me. Notice if you go back to uh, verse 30 that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that you strive together. Strive together doesn't give a light, like, just light uh, passing prayer. That means you're taking hold. Strive together. If you're striving for something, you're putting in effort. Again, we're not talking about you working up something that Jesus has already done. We're not talking about you earning something from the, the, the throne of God. But we're saying you're coming together with somebody. In other words, you're serious about it. You're not taking it lightly. You're striving together, he says, striving together with me in prayers to God for me. What? That in here, he's saying that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. In other words, they're, they're trying to mess with Paul's ministry. And he's saying that I would be delivered so he's got prayer support in doing what he's doing. Let's keep going. We're just looking at some verses. Colossians 4, verse 2. Colossians 4, verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Notice how it says that. We'll read it again. Colossians 4, verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer. Notice that word earnestly. Being vigilant in it. What's that? Vigilant. You're, you're on top of it. Vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Notice this. Meanwhile, praying also for us. So he's saying, we pray for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. So he's saying, open, pray that the door would be open for us to speak the word. You know, you can pave the way for ministry with prayer. Do you know that what we do in prayer can change what we see with, with how we affect our community and our region? You know it's not just up to the minister to do that? Is Paul asking other people to pray with him? To pray for him that things would happen? No, we all have a, a role. This is vital. He And Paul is saying that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. In other words, to preach the gospel. Notice the next part. For which I am also in chains, in other words, he's in jail, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. You know, we'll pray often before we speak that I would make it clear as I ought to. In another place he says that I would speak with boldness. Paul prays these things and he's saying, pray for me that I would speak this way. 
Well, this is, what is this saying? That I may make it manifest. What's that? That I make it clear. We don't just pray that to pray it. It's a, it's a verse. That we would preach and teach with clarity, with precision, that it would make it clear. Well, that doesn't just happen. We believe God for it. Because if it's, if it's muddy, it doesn't get into our heart. It doesn't, well, the word of God is anointed and powerful, but can it, it can be more or less anointed. It can be more or less clear. But you got the Holy Spirit there quickening it because we're believing Him and we reverence Him and we honor Him and we believe. If the Apostle Paul can pray it, then we can pray it. And we can pray and believe. Well, he's saying pray. Help me. Pray. Next verse, what we were just talking about, Ephesians 6, verse 17. Give you a minute to turn there. Ephesians 6, verse 17. Ephesians 6, 17. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So praying with all prayer, supplication, earnest prayer made for ourselves or another person. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So he's saying praying in the Spirit, praying with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. In other words, all the people. Verse 19, and for me, that utterance may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador and change that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You ever heard us pray this? Yeah. For me, that utterance may be given to me. What's that? Speech. That you may be, that you would speak as you ought to. He's saying, would you pray for me? That I would pray, that I would speak. That I would be, have the ability to speak. You understand when, uh, you may not understand, that's why I'm saying it. When, when somebody's ministering the word of God, and it's, it, you're, you're, you're hooking up with your heart, and the, the, the spirit of God is giving you utterance or giving you speech, giving you the ability to speak. Of course, you're using your natural mind. It's, your, your mind's articulating your, your, uh, your mouth and all that. But the source of the words and the ability to speak and to make things clear comes from God. It's not a mental thing. Could you make a Bible lesson, try to just do it with your mind? Yes, you could. But like, uh, you know, if you, if you, uh, you know, brother uh, Kenneth E. Hagin Sr., you know, all the books that he has, you know, he never wrote a book, sat down and wrote a book. All those books are transcribed from the messages he preached and then edited for clarity. You know, if he repeated something several times at the beginning of the message for recap, they just, you know, they take that out and make it into a book. Well, that's because it's coming from a position of the anointing and from a position of utterance, God-given utterance and going and, and, and uh, insight. And then you take that and put it into writing. It's God-inspired. I mean, you're, you're preaching the Word of God, and, and you put that... And of course, you can do Bible lessons and, and things, but when you're preaching and teaching, there's an utterance. Well, 
We pray for that. We believe for that so that we can, we can get things across the way we ought to. Yeah, we pray, pray that before we get up here, that, that we could speak and have utterance. And notice what the next part is. He said, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make the mystery, to, to uh, make known the mystery of the gospel, that I would be bold. Say what needs to be said. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Well, he's talking about prayer. I mean, the thing I want to, we're talking about a lot of these different aspects, but notice he's saying, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray that this would happen. Well, what if, you know, he's saying, pray for me. What if they don't pray? Well, if it doesn't do anything, he wouldn't be saying to do it. Which means if it's not done, there's a gap. Right? I'm going to say that again. If it doesn't mean anything, he wouldn't ask for it to be done. And if it doesn't make any difference whether it's done or not, then it's useless. And I don't think he's asking us to do something that's useless. Do you? So is it important? There's all kinds of things that if we pray, there are things that won't be done if we don't pray. Thank God for the word. Thank God for what we can stand on. But when you're talking about the plan of God being manifest and, and happening in the earth, which is a lot of what you see when Paul is asking for prayer in different areas, it's that things would happen in ministry, would happen and that there wouldn't be opposition and that we would be able to overcome things and things would happen. Well, is he just asking just to, you know, that's what he's religiously supposed to do? Well, ask, but if you don't do it, it doesn't make any difference. You know the way a lot of people think of prayer that way? But it's not a light thing. It's an important thing. We can change our world through prayer. Now, people have gone to opposite extremes and they act like, you know, they, they try to work things up and they're begging God. We're not begging God. We're taking our authority and in the earth and praying God's will on the earth so it happens because if we don't do it, nobody will do it. God himself wants every person to be saved. God himself wants every person to be healed. On the earth, he wants every person to be well, but he's given authority to men and women to carry out his word, and he's not going to undo. He gave men authority. There's a devil that has a legal right to be here, and so God can't just come down and blow everything up and say, do over. He needs to, to go. He needs to operate within the confines of his word, and so he's given authority to people, and if we pray, we're praying his will here on the earth so it'll be done and things happen. And so we believe the word. We trust what God says. We act in faith, but there is an element of praying things out and praying and supporting things in prayer and supporting the plan of God for, for what we're doing here on the earth, for, for the congregation, for ministers, for families, for businesses. There, all these things that we do for vocations, for places of work, so that things that should happen do happen and things that should not happen don't happen. Again, if it doesn't matter and doesn't have any impact, we wouldn't see it over and over in the scripture where Paul's saying, do it. Mm -hmm. And so that means if we don't do it, there's a gap and things are not going to be done. Things will not happen that should happen and things will happen that should not happen. Things will be stopped when they shouldn't be stopped. Things will not move forward when they should have moved forward. 
Look at 2 Thessalonians 3.1. You guys okay? It says, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, that we may be that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1. Let's read it again. Finally, brethren, pray for us. So he's saying, he's again, pray for what? What is he saying pray for us for here? That the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. That the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. That means that the, the word's going forth as it ought to. Well, if, if he's asking them to pray for that and people pray for that, then that's what will happen. If we don't pray for it, then what? It doesn't matter? No, that it'll, that, that'll happen. If we don't pray for it, it's not going to happen. So he, but he's asking to pray but that it'll be uh, that the the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, verse two, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. You realize not everybody loves God. You realize that there is a devil trying to take out Christians that believe God and want the plan of God to go forward, and there are people that'll gladly cooperate with him, with the devil. You realize not everybody on the earth uh, loves God and is going to be saved. You realize there are people that are going to hear the gospel, the good news of God, hear, hear that Jesus uh, paid for all their sin and are going to reject it. Not only reject it, be vehemently opposed to it till they die. And then they're going to realize the truth and it's too late. Because they spent their whole life, they would not change, and they wouldn't change. They were given the opportunity to change, 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 and they're not going to change. And they're, they're going to reject. So don't be surprised just, it just when the people reject the gospel. People will. They always have. Ever since Jesus, you know, there's people that looked Jesus in the face, like where you guys are sitting in when he's preaching, Jesus, the Son of God, is preaching, and they're just looking at him with disgust. They want to kill him. And they're so hard-hearted, they're looking, telling each other, watch, he's going to heal somebody. And they're mad about it because it's the wrong day. They are so hard that they know he's going to do a miracle, and they're waiting for it to do it because then they're going to accuse him, you should not do it on the Sabbath. They sat there in front of the Son of the living God. You say, well, if I saw what Jesus, you know, the miracles, you know, anybody would believe. That's just not true. We've talked about that before. It's not true. It's a heart condition. You choose to believe. Nobody makes you believe. You can, somebody say, I just can't believe that. That's a lie. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Just go look on the Internet. People believe all kinds of weird stuff. They choose to believe it. You can believe whatever you want to believe, and you can choose to believe the Bible. You can choose to believe God. People won't necessarily, but we're talking about praying. He's saying that the word of God would run swiftly and be glorified, that we would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. So he's saying, help me. 
Help me. Pray that we'll be delivered, that they won't be able to stop stuff, that they won't get in the way, that they won't hinder. Satan will always try to hinder, but he can't stop. But if we pray, we can, we can deal with some stuff spiritually that shouldn't happen. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Let's, uh, let's look at Philippians 1, verse 19. Philippians 1, verse 19, if you're turning there. It says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation, so he's got these in chains, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. But notice he says, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. In other words, I'm going to go to the other side through your prayer and supply of the Spirit in Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. Your, your prayer and supply of the Spirit is changing things. Your supply, your prayer and supply of the Spirit will, he's saying, I know this is going to turn out for my deliverance. He's saying you can have a part to help things change here. Well, he's saying my deliverance through your prayers. In other words, that has an effect on the future. That has an effect on what is going to happen or not going to happen. He's not just saying, I got it. Now, just listen to me. I'm not saying anything. God, I mean, we're reading Scripture. He's not just saying, I got it, I have it myself, and you just believe it too. He's saying, I'm, I'm asking you to pray. Because we don't have authority over just everything everywhere. And so when we're, you're bringing people on to help with the spiritual aspect of getting the gospel out and getting things done on the earth. One more. Philemon 21, you know, Philemon is just one chapter, so it's 21 and 22. Philemon 21. Giving you guys a chance to turn there. Did you guys stop turning? You guys said, I'm, I've had enough tonight. My fingers are tired. You don't have to turn to everyone, but... I just think we need to get back in the, into that. So, so it's good to stop and look at some things. Not every time. Don't be religious about it. But it's good to look at your Bible. I know that sometimes I just blow through them too. I'll go so fast that just get into the Scripture before you have a chance to turn it. But you know what? I believe it's important that we look at the Bible. Philemon 21 says, Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Verse 22, But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be granted to you. What's he saying? I, you know, you're praying with me. I trust that it's actually going to change stuff, and I'm going to be able to be with you. 
He didn't just say, I'm believing, I'll be there. He said, I trust that through you praying, I'll be granted to you. In other words, it'll change something and I'll get there. Does prayer change anything? It does. Praise you, Lord. Let's, um, you guys take just a little more. All right, we're going to look at, let's look at Acts verse uh, 12, or Acts 12 verse 1. We're just going to look at a scenario here. Now, if you haven't turned, go ahead and turn to this one, because we're going to be reading for a while. You can look at this in your Bible. Okay, we're going to read quite a few verse, verses, so look at it. You know, if, if you're used to using your phone for your Bible, fine. I encourage you to look at a, look at a Bible, but whatever works for you. Don't be legalistic about it. Whatever works for people. Acts 12, verse 1 says, Now, about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Also, because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So James, the brother of John, was killed, and they started to see, they seized Peter. Verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So he's in trouble. And this is a situation of persecution. And you'll see this over and over. All these things, a lot of these things, they have to do with the, the plan of God. They have to do with persecution. They have, to plan the, they have to do with the plan of God going forth. But here, notice, Peter is arrested. Peter's in prison. Peter is going to be executed. And it says constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So they're praying on his behalf. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. So he is in prison. He's about to be taken out, and an angel goes, and he has to wake him up. He's, he's asleep. His chains fell off his hands. Verse 8, then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. So he thinks he's dreaming or seeing a, a vision. When they, when they were past the first and second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hands of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Verse 12, And when he, was, when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, 
the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Where many were gathered together praying. So they're still praying. They're praying earnestly for him because he's supposed to be killed. And so Peter knocked at the door of the gate, and a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of, the gl of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran and announced that Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so, so they said, It is his angel. So, they, so she goes up, hears him, and then runs back without opening the gate and just tells him, Hey, he's out there, because she's so excited, and they don't believe her. Verse 16, now Peter continued knocking, and when they'd opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. He departed and went to another place. Praise God. So he was delivered. Notice people were praying for him on behalf of him, and he was delivered. An angel, they saw the miraculous happen. Because prayers were offered and people were taking hold, helping the situation in prayer, cooperating in prayer, laboring together with prayer for the situation so that the plan of God would be done. What if Peter was killed at that point? It, the trajectory of a lot of things would have changed. Well, I don't think there's no reason. There's just no connection between them praying and him being delivered. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't have said it over and over. Paul wouldn't have been talking about praying and asking for prayer and saying, help us to be delivered. No, prayer is important. Prayer affects things. Prayer for each other affects situations. James 5.16, last one. James 5.16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another. I'll, if you can, well, I'll just read it to you. We've, you just, you're an ax, so I'll just read this one to you. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So what we do, we pray for each other, it changes things. Now, you're not overriding the word. Thank God for what Jesus has done for us. Thank God that we can believe him. You're not, uh, it's not, you're not begging God for something that he hasn't already done. It's his will, but we're praying out his will on the earth. And you can support other people in prayer as they need it for things that they're walking out and maybe dealing with and battling. So we've been talking about... Uh, always winning. Well, you're not just in it alone to win. Okay? You can also be supported in prayer. We need to believe God. We need to have faith. We need to believe that God is on our side. But you can also help people and support them in prayer and understand that you are walking through this life and you are running your race with the support of other people called the church to pray, to pray for things that you need. For pray, to pray for things that are pressing on you. Praise God. God's good, and he has made it. The church was ordained so that we can be support to one another, so that we can have the word uh, 
given to us so that we can flow with the Spirit together as one body uh, affecting and carrying out, affecting our world and carrying out His plan and His purposes. Praise God. 